I just want to say, though, to contestants, I am offering a cash reward if you win a game on Kodama Tago. <laughs> so I will Venmo you so, $5. So I, I was going to talk about uh, Kodama Tago because uh, <laughs> I am a huge fan of the Kodama Vile Smasher build that's basically mm-hmm. Kodama Tago with extra steps. Uh, <laughs> And welcome everybody to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host Callahan and we have a great show lined up for you today with the first episode of the podcast where we are going to be covering the MLC for the season. Uh, Before we get into all of that, just want to make sure to remind you to like, subscribe, and comment down below all your, you know, any of your thoughts about what we talk about today. Uh, If you want access to our Discord server, we will have an MLC channel in there. Uh, I believe Phoenix is supposed to be un-archiving that or whatever, uh, so that we have an MLC chat going in there. Join our Discord server, talk about that, all that stuff. Uh, if you want access to that, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors or check out the link in the description. Joining me uh, to talk about the MLC this year, uh, returning uh, as one of our greatest, you know, probably what I would define as the greatest uh, commentator about the MLC of all time is Chris, <laughs> otherwise known as your mechanic. Commander Mechanic, how are you doing today, Chris? Callahan, thanks for having me back. Uh, <laughs> we did this last year. Looking forward to doing it again this year. Yeah, and this year uh, we actually have it set up, and I have a staff this year too, uh, so I can actually make the content that I wanted to make last year. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so glad to have you back. Also joining Thank us, you. instead of playing in it this year, former MLC player uh, Scotty, otherwise known as Scoots, how are you doing today, Scotty? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Love to be yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. And we have a really great uh, show lined up for you guys because we're going to be talking about uh, the MLC draft that's coming up. Last week, we revealed uh, the 155 deck draft class for this season, and uh People had feelings about what was included and what wasn't included, Uh, you know, across the board. uh, You know, uh, I could probably talk about just that all day long, but um, we're going to talk about the draft a little bit here and what we think might go on. And so the first thing to take a look at here is going to be the order of the draft. So uh, the way this works is uh, we didn't, really talk about this a whole lot last week. So we're going to talk about it this week is uh, the order this year is going to be in a linear order. People debate whether or not that was the correct choice, but that's what we're doing this year. Um, So what's going to happen is Nick, who had the worst record in the MLC last year, he's going to get the first pick. Um, And then everybody who's returning is going to be after the 10 new players or excuse me, the 12 new players, Uh, the 12 new players were randomly uh, sorted into the next 12 slots. And then from there on down, uh, you have the returning players who missed the playoffs. 
who are going to be ranked by record uh, with ties being determined by a coin flip. Uh, that should make Ken very happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, then the next category will be returning players who did make the playoffs. Uh, and that will be ranked by record as well. And then the final one or the final two are returning players who made the mocks bold ranked by record. And the last pick will be the Mox Bowl champion, which was comedian MTG. So Ian has the last pick in the draft. Um, he picked pretty close to the bottom last year, too. So it didn't stop him. Um, but so to go down for this draft order, like I said, Nick is the first in draft order. Second will be a uh, fellow sculpty boy, Michael Levine. Third will be Mana Dork. Third will be Mord from Elsha's Infinite Army. Cobblepot will be picking fifth. Sixth is your fellow who brewed this cast member, Scotty. Uh, Claire Deco from CEDH Brazil is seventh. Flower from r slash CEDH. She is eighth. Uh, Death from Veil of Death MTG is ninth. Uh, Ryan J, uh, who, you know, as for those on Twitter have seen, he uh, has a beaver mascot that we made him to be his logo. So he's going to be <laughs> drafting 10th. So that's your top 10. The next 10 picks is Islane from the Possibility Storm. Jim from the Spike Feeders. Sliverboy from Casually Competitive will round out the new players who are drafting. Going on now down at the 14th spot is Josh from Mind Muscle Magic. Killstars from CEDH Brazil, Kai from the Spellseekers, Fukens, Ken Bauman, obviously he's down there at 18th, 19th is Pontus, 20th will be Spleenface, 21st will be Sick Robot, Sage will be 22nd, Hellenium, he's, he's wanting to go by Cody Howe this year, so Cody at 23rd, 24th will be, be Timmy T1000, and then the last uh, down here, once we get to 25, we have Pongo, Shawnee at 26th, 27th will be Charles, 28th will be LJ, 29th will be Higher, 30th will be your other cast member, uh, Cicada, and 31st will be Rebel, and the last pick will be Ian. So uh, with that knowledge, we've brought uh, Scotty and Chris in here to really... Uh, they've done some investigative journalism for us over the past week uh, since this has uh, come out. And uh, we're really putting on our hard hitting, uh, hard hitting journalist facts here. Um, so first things first, Scotty has news coming out of the uh, predatory pickle camp uh, about that first pick. And Scotty, what 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 is going on? What what is Nick thinking uh, with that first pick? Yeah. So I so I talked to Nick. Uh, at length about this and uh, he kind of kind of ended up asking me um, what, what do you think I should first pick because you know I, I played last year and so um, he said he was he was kind of torn between like Elsha Najila and his other like his comfort pick Magda mm -hmm. it's the deck that he plays the most and, and I said well what deck do you feel the most comfortable with and he said that's it I'm first picking Magda <laughs> so uh, the predatory pickle camp has has expressed <laughs> desire to take Magda. So that's as very the interesting pick, because which... that definitely, Chris, 
uh, sets up a draft scenario where, you know, last year we talked about this a little bit where uh, we were kind of not sure if LJ was going to take Edric in first pick or not. Um, yeah. and he ended up taking Najila. So with that knowledge, you know, the top five, what what are what do you think that looks like? I know we've we've spoken about this. We aren't sure what Mana Dork is going to do. He's kind of the wild card. Uh, but as far as the rest of this goes, like what what does it sound like or look like because of that? Well, it really sounds like people are going to comfort pick for mm-hmm. the the first pass of the draft here at least people are going to go with the decks that they have the most reps in Mm -hmm. rather than just the the generically accepted good decks and if nick sets that tone where people are picking their pet decks round one then we could be all over the place here and it's just going to be wild west yeah uh you know if you look at the draft from last year um just to take a quick look uh, the upgrade that that would be for Magda, by the way, from pick is it would go from round four, pick 127 to <laughs> round one, pick one in a year. Um, Look, I, I, I don't I don't hate Magna Magda going r- round one, but pick one round one. It, that's entirely on Nick. Magda puts up results. It recently was in the finals of uh, the big uh Japanese God of Commander yeah. CEDH tournament that went as well. Granted, that meta is completely different, but uh, still, it, it puts up results. It's a good deck. It is a good deck. Scotty, um, when we were also talking about some other different aspects of this, too, because the top five um, is, you know, Nick, our fellow sculpty boy, Michael Levine, and then we're looking at Mord, who is a mod in the Elsha server, Mana Dork at three. Uh, and then you've got Cobblepot and Claire. And I know that Ken has a, uh, what is it? A change.org petition. Yeah, change.org petition. But when we, we look at that, like Cobblepot's made it clear he intends to draft a Krark deck. And so... When we look at, you know, what what as far as the three Krark decks, because we've got Coin Farm, we've got uh, Thrasios Krark, and we've got Krark Sakashima. I mean, which of those do you think are going before Ken gets a shot at them? Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's kind of a toss up because I think that there's like two different kind of decks that Cobblepot could go Is with. Is it a coin toss up? I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, sure. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely it's definitely a toss up though. It's it, it's going to, uh because Cobble, I think Cobblepot will go with one of two decks kind of as their first pick. I I feel like Cobblepot is kind of leaning definitely Teamer mm-hmm. as pick number one. Uh, Cobblepot traditionally plays Krakashimorvar, which is which is his Krak Thrasios brew. Uh, it's really layered, and I'm sure that's something he'd love to play in the uh, MLC. But uh, Cobblepot also plays uh some teamer pirates and when i've played against cobblepot in conquest cobblepot's been on teamer pirates so there's i th- i think either one of those decks will certainly go before ken sees a shot at them and then i know my who brewed this teammate claire uh wants to first pick Krark sakashima uh she loves the deck she plays it a ton and it is i mean it's a tournament champion 
several times yeah. over at this point. It's made it so many top fours at this point. Like, like crazy. I, yeah, I think it's, it's top fours, top 16s. Like, it, it has cemented itself as worthy of a spot at the top, at the, in the top 10 picks absolutely. of of a I, tournament. I totally draft. agree with that. So uh, I honestly see... I honestly see neither Clark Thrasios nor Clark Sakashima falling to a place where Ken can get them. I think Ken will probably be able to wrap up Clark Timna. Uh, I love the chutzpah and the uh, <laughs> and the the drive to make the petition, but I don't think it's going to pan out this so, year. So, <laughs> you know, we we did talk, a, you know, at length about those the teamer, really the blue red. Uh, based Krark decks, but there is the Krark Timna list and, you know, is Hal going to take a shot at Krark Timna? I mean, like that's, that's, that's the question there is because I know a lot of people like Hal and Cobble and, you know, obviously Claire have talked about how they're really interested in Krark decks. I mean, yeah. Well, can even get a shot at a Krark deck is the question. I don't think that there's any chance of a Hal taking Clark Timna. Uh, Hal is an author of another Mardu deck <laughs> on the decklist database, uh, Timna Jessica Dummy Mommies. So um, uh, I, I feel like Hal would be picking that before, say, is it, is it called Vape Farm or Coin I'm calling farm? it Coin I Farm. Can't, I refuse to call it Vape Farm. We'll go go with Coin Farm, but I think it's Vape Farm. Uh, I think Hal will will be taking something like Timna Jessica before uh, he'll take uh, Clark Timna. Um, Hal specifically likes Clark Sakashima, and I know that he'll be very disappointed when it inevitably does not make it down to him in the draft order. I just just don't see a chance that that he even sniffs Clark Sakashima. no. In a world where Thrasios Crook doesn't go to Cobblepot, you know, Hal is picking 25th that is after Ken. So does, you know, Ken snag Thras Kark? Like, do, if, if Cobble doesn't take Thras Kark, does Thras Kark make it to down there to 18? I doubt it. I don't know. I doubt it. No, that's it's that's that's hard because like it's it's. It's a very good deck. I mean, it's shown itself to be a very good deck. Mm-hmm. And I think people will be... Basically, it has all the components that you want to see, right? It can run Underworld Breach. It does Thrasio stuff. It runs just layers and layers of good cards. It's it's So I could definitely see that going well before it can't even get a sniff at it. But I think there is still among players who have traditionally played... Uh, more mainstream decks, like a pretty harsh stigma against Clark decks that aren't Clark Sakashima. Mm-hmm. They're generally seen as as like incredibly dirtly and and that kind of thing. Where uh, those of us in the know <laughs> know that that's it's not true, right? But it, there is definitely a stigma, right? Uh, and and so I could see that I could see that getting down to Ken. Okay. Uh, I I think I think it's pretty safely if it makes it past Cobblepot, it'll get to Ken, and that's a prediction I'm gonna. Throw my hat in the ring. On. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm going to take the other side of that bet, and I'm going to say that that they're gone before Ken first picks. And I hate to see it because I'd love to see Ken get his hands on any of the Kirk decks, any any breed, every any brand of it. But uh, I'm, I'm doubting that any of them make them down that far. So 
if if that's your prediction, then who would you see on this list taking vape farm then? Because it, it that is the one deck on there that of the three Kark decks is the fringe one, right? Like Thrasio's Kark has definitely it's had tournament success. It's had like Shawnee's played it a lot. I know a lot of different people have played it a lot. I mean, who who is the person who drafts that then is my question. I'm I'm really not sure. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to say. I'm not really completely well versed with all of these players and mm-hmm. what their favorites are. But I know that as a deck, I mean, it, it's good and it's going to put up results. Uh, and the all of the brands of Kirk decks right now are just doing the thing, and everybody loves them in the mm-hmm. community right now. And uh, like they're just versatile. I think that it's such a good deck that I doubt that it's going to get down there. Again, I would love to be wrong. I absolutely would love to be wrong and get one of these decks in Ken's hands. Mm -hmm. But I see them pick highly, right? Cobble and Claire taking two of them would mean, yeah, the chances of the third one getting down to 18th pick slim. You almost have to wonder if, uh, you know, given given Ken is, I mean, Ken is admittedly like quite a good player and, uh, did go through the process of, you know, writing the whole thing. And you, you have to wonder if he set himself up to be hate drafted. <laughs> by, that, that's the thing. By, yeah, by just expressing his desire to have all three Kark decks, he might have cemented that he gets none of them. Right. Very, very true. So you have the, to, you have to wonder. The other thing is like other players could just do the hat tip here and, respectfully not pick a Kirk deck so that Ken yeah. gets his hands on one of them. Like that that's the other other side of this too. Yeah, that's the other side of that coin. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting because the we were we were talking about how a lot of people are gonna pick like their comfort decks. And I think you will see that in the top five for sure, with the exception of being like Michael Levine has made it pretty clear that he does not have intentions of drafting Heliod. Yeah. Um, like that is, I, I think if anybody drafts Heliod, it'll be Charles. And I don't even know if Charles will draft it. Um, wow. And I, I mean, I think we saw last year with it. I think it fell into the fourth round last year. Mm-hmm. Heliod. No one even expressed a lick of interest in it. So I, I, I feel like it's going to be another safe one to push until your later draft yeah. picks. Well, the difference I will say about this year to last year is because of the limited availability of all the different, you know, color pairings, um, there is a greater representation of white decks in this field than there was last year. Mm-hmm. But there's also a smaller representation of like the Soltai type commanders. Like last year, Soltai was like half the field, right? Like it was yes. Soltai, Grixis, yeah. and then everything else. Um, yeah, and so the structured I look- diversity in the the decks and the color pairings, I think, is going to make for a a wildly different meta mm-hmm. than we've seen in the past, and that other tournaments have seen as well. And frankly, I'm all for it. it. It makes it incredibly hard to predict what's going when as well. When some of these traditionally strong color pairings, like the five five color decks that players can get their hands on, get snapped up right away. Well, let's let's take a crack at that then right now, because let's we've kind of identified that we 
see Najila as one of the top picks. And probably if you're in the top and it's and you're not solidly on a I want this or I want that, um, you should probably go to some of those better decks. So so to, so it were. Um, so when we're looking at the draft list, obviously we have identified Najila as one of those top decks. What are some of the other Chris, in your mind, uh, top decks in this field, you know, of that will be highly sought after. Well, of the five color decks, Kenra Stacks, Cody Turbonaz, they're up there as well. I mean, it's a little bit outdated and out of meta at this point, but Food Chain First Sliver as well. I've always been a fan of that list. It could use some updating for sure, but... I mean, of that, like that's four of the five five color decks mm-hmm. that we could see go. In I have a yeah. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm very sorry. Uh, I have a suspicion that that for food chain first sliver will go at pick fifteen. Yeah. Pick fifteen is kill stars. Oh yeah, kill stars. I could so see kill stars DH drafting that. Traditionally, yeah. food chain first sliver fire. Uh, I know worked on the the version of food chain sliver with breach with Pongo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just a deck that he really likes, and I think if it if it drops that far, if a five color deck drops that far, I think it'll yeah, be. yeah. I mean, and we saw yeah. plenty of five color decks drop pretty far last year. Um, but that's because there were plenty we of five saw, color decks. That's the thing. I think we only saw one make it out of round two, though. Uh, was it Gigantha that made it out of round two? Gigantha, yeah. yes, and I picked that that's in right. round three, <laughs> so I know it dropped out of round two. Yeah. Um, So kind of the interesting question here is because we've kind of filled this out where we have Nick first picking Magda clock combo. Okay, done deal. Second pick, we have Kenrith stacks with Michael Levine, although we don't know for sure what Michael will take. I have a suspicion he might take Najila, but he also might take Kenrith stacks, and that would definitely be more in line with what he traditionally plays. Um. But then you have third or going fourth, excuse me, is Mord, who I feel very confidently will take Elsha if it's available to him immediately. And then Cobble won't take one of those top decks and Claire wants Krux Sakashima right away. So when it comes to Deco, then they're at pick. What is that? Seven. What do we think Deco's going to take? Like, if Najila's available, obviously he takes Najila, yeah. right? If Najila yeah. makes it to seven, Deco takes Najila. And if Najila doesn't make it to seven, Deco takes Korvald. Okay, so Korvald yeah. is is the thought process there, then. I, I mean, that's... Uh, Deco plays... Uh, Korvald plays... Uh, Najila plays... Uh, Prosper? Or Florian, hmm. one of the mm-hmm. two. So like some kind of Rakdos farm. Uh, that's that's where I'd see Deco okay. going. So Flower, I presume will probably take one of the mono green decks. Probably uh, something that she's comfortable with would be my guess. Probably Selvala. Maybe. Yeah, I, I would say Selvala out of the five mono green Feels- decks. Correct, but I'm going to make a wild, baseless okay. prediction and say that at number eight, Flower takes either Wynota Stacks 
or uh, Cody Turbo Nas if it drops that long. Interesting. Wow. And here's okay. why. I have justification. I, yeah. Let's okay? hear it. Uh, Flower traditionally plays mono green kind of decks. That's that's all I've ever seen her play. And I, I know she's probably has more CEDH experience than that. But I know that that is kind of her bag, what she likes. But if you if you ask a bunch of CEDH players what the easiest stacks deck to learn is, it's Winota. And the easiest Turbo Nas deck to learn is, it's Cody or Blue Farm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just with that, if you're going to pick something that's out of archetype for you, and I think it is within Flower's best interest to pick something that's out of archetype for her, because... It's more likely that it's going to wheel to round two if it's in her wheelhouse, right? If it's mono yeah. green and her archetype, right. Um, I think you take either the fastest deck that you can or one of the slowest decks <laughs> that you can. And, and, and one of the ones that has like easier play patterns, if it's out of archetype, because I know that's what I would be looking to do. Yeah. And I know flower is very savvy. And so. we, we talked about this a little bit last year where we thought that Rog Silas was going to be kind of that really good, like turn one deck. And uh, that was one of the things where we ended up seeing Rog Silas be horrible in first spot because everybody just mulled down to interaction when they saw it. And it just was terrible in that spot. So it went completely the way that we didn't expect it. And then Anala on the other end of the spectrum, just got turn one win going last. Um, Yeah. Which is what's really interesting about this multiplayer format is it never goes the way you think it's gonna. Um, Mm -hmm. So flower on something like, like Cody potentially uh, do we have, I know, uh, death plays with Mons very frequently. Do we have sort of a feel on where he might go? Yeah. So I don't have, I don't have any kind of feeling on death. I haven't, I mean, not someone I've interacted with a lot, mm-hmm. kind of new to the game for me. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just watching in anticipation like everybody okay. else on death. What about you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't I don't know death very well either. Haven't seen death play, uh, mm-hmm. but you you got to think that if if they aren't comfort picking, then it's going to be one of the generically good lists, right? It's going to be something that has wheeled to ninth pick. Like ninth pick, it's very reasonable to pick up. Again, one of the five color lists, uh, a mm-hmm. good four color list, one of the best, say Grixis lists as well like the the possibility yeah, of picking yes. something before pick 10 is mm-hmm. fantastic it's still an open field he is i know a very big proponent of tevish uh and really okay. likes tevish decks so i okay. i i know he was very disappointed that tevish Krom did not make it um kind of jumping off of that armix Krom we spoke about earlier is a deck that we know is very hot right now, is very popular, mm-hmm. um, has a ton of, you know, people successfully. That's, that's a deck that has yeah, fans, has yeah. fans right? right? And like, and so, yeah, as opposed I, to Arden, where it has fans. It's um, <laughs> has fans, exactly. One, one yeah, super fan, One right? really big fan. But, um, you know, at least the, the card that I'm really, like, into now is good. And, like, good as a commander. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> it isn't just a little bit of not great. Anyhow, um, when it comes to some of these picks, now that we're starting to get into past into the double digits, do we think Armix Crumb falls that far? And if it does, where do you guys see it going is a great question. I know I'm asking a lot of like, I don't know, but, you know, that's kind of what we're here yeah, to speculate. I mean, yeah, well, so we, we know that a handful of players are going to be comfort picking, mm-hmm. which means that some of these generally accepted good lists that have some of the hype behind them right now might not be picked very highly in the favor of going with pet decks, the decks that people have the most reps with, uh, which means we might see something like a, a, an Armix Crom drop to, you know, 16, 17, somewhere around yeah. there too. I was, I was actually going to say, I know that um, people that I would look to take Armix Crom if it falls past 10 are Kai mm-hmm. and Hal, uh, you know, fellow spell seekers to, to Mikey yeah. and, uh, uh, People that play with Mikey a lot, the originator of the deck, I could see it going that deep. Yeah. Or uh, if it goes all the way down, if it manages to get to 26, I could see uh, Shawnee taking mm-hmm. it. If it doesn't go inside the top 10, because I, I think I think we're going to see a lot of like very good decks uh, just as a as a function of how stacked the deck pool is fall outside of pick number. 10. Right. So uh, you, you could see Legends grixis like like legendary grixis decks drop outside of the top 10 oh, yeah. so yeah yeah i and, mean no oh, go ahead a lot Chris. of the returning players are are going to pick decks that they're most familiar with right uh so yeah. so if it falls out of the new players which are kind of the wild cards for us right now we haven't seen what they've picked previously uh apart from playing with them outside of the tournament setting uh the returning players are probably going to pick decks that they've got the most reps with or that put up results for them last year mm-hmm. as well. And so, Which means if if some of these decks don't get picked by the new crop in those first 13 picks, they might fall outside of the first 24 picks entirely. So we can see late first round picks of like Kess midrange as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. that was an interesting thing that I was going to ask is – Remember last year, there was that race to who takes Razakats first, um, <laughs> because you know you know there were three players who were very familiar with it. Looking at this pool, does Spleen get to draft Razakats this year, or or <laughs> does this saying it mean that he won't? Uh, <laughs> you see the fate. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it if it. So it's it's a very good deck that has like some tournament success. So I wonder if someone like Mana Dork or Mord, if they don't take Elsha, could possibly snag Razakats or even Cobblepot, knowing that it's a good deck and wanting to not let Spleenface get right. it. Which is the reason that I drafted Razakats last year. <laughs> Everybody is very it was a aware good deck that, that if, I play. I, I think yeah. most people I, I don't know if maybe this year they might not be as aware of it. But there was definitely a sense last year because Spleen had just come off that like tournament tear of yeah, do not let Morgan get Razakats. 
And I, 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 I don't in in talking with players, I have not gotten that sense this year that Razakets has that same like, uh, like scare. Yeah, it doesn't have that same. Yeah, it doesn't have that this year, and I think that is going to be very good for the person who ends up getting it. <laughs> uh, because last year, when I had my Razakats games, people were ready. For me. <laughs> I'm talking about. Like having graph diggers cage and stuff like just people were ready for it. And I think this year, if we if we just chill on the Razakats hype, <laughs> we can see a few Razakats with yeah. this year. So we gotta be quiet and be nice we about it. Be quiet so, and nice about it. Yeah, one one of the things that that I, I did want to bring up and discuss is that in the span between last year and this year, a lot of the players have become more known quantities to each other. Right. That's going to lead to things like metagaming and meta drafting in this. So you're going to get the spite drafts of make sure this player doesn't get this deck. And because of some of the flexibility in the deck lists now, and knowing that there's a bit tighter of uh, meta and deck lists are known quantities, or at least uh, archetypes Mm -hmm. are known quantities, we could be seeing some meta choices in 99s of decks as well yeah. once the picks are done, too. And I, I think that that's opening up a whole new dimension to this. Well, especially uh, when you that, that could throw a spanner in the works. And I think that's a really good point, because especially the change from last year, where you only played your uh, divisional opponents twice this year, you're playing them four times. You're now probably yeah. going to be picked like building your deck decks in mind with what the other three people in your like division are going to have because when yeah. like, we saw this last year winning your division is all you got to do to get in and you just have to focus on buying yourself the ability to get to the get to the playoff yep and mm-hmm. uh yeah if you're in the same division as the ravens you had to have someone who could tackle who could <laughs> uh who could who could block ray lewis and who could you know well, I mean, you know, I'm Same I'm thing. over here wearing my Rams stuff, right? It's, you know, whoever whoever <laughs> yeah, there, wins there the go. NFC West, it was, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so kind of going down here, I know, Scoots, you've played with, uh, he's going by Ryan now, but we've previously known him as Falcon. Um, what are things that Falcon would be more akin to? He also goes by KQBJ on on the. So maybe you aren't familiar with him. Okay, so I guess Ryan is an unknown uh, quantity to everybody then. Ryan is an unknown Um, quantity. I think I've seen KQBJ, I think, on the Nexus. But yeah, no, I I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with him. No. Interesting. Um, Yeah. I do know to some extent. I believe you are familiar with Islane, though, from Possibility Storm. Uh, yeah. In in passing, okay. uh, in passing, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I I don't know as many players as I used to. I'll t- I'll, I'll <laughs> say fair. that much. I've kind of gotten a little. I've gotten old, right? Like, <laughs> what it is? I've I've aged out of the cool kids club. Oh but I do know Islane in yeah. passing, and I know Islane um likes to play a spicier thing yeah uh i think islane was on the train of uh on the nath 
train, mm-hmm. I think, and was one of the people who was commenting on the post about how NAF didn't make it <laughs> this year into the deck selection. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know Islaine well, but um, I think uh, I would honestly, in the absence of complete information, look to see them uh, drafting something, I think, more stacksy mm-hmm. to, to mid-range as their first okay. pick. So I, I think there's definite like merit to, to something like to something like Kenrith if it if it falls that far. Or uh you know, Winota maybe. Uh some or uh Lathril, kind of the discard. One of the decks Bulgari. that I you can't know. do Nath do the Nath we have at home in Lathril. The Nath, yeah, exactly, Nath we exactly, have at home. Yeah. I know that he is yeah. a big fan of the uh what's it called? The Shorkai uh polyceptor list that's going around. Mm-hmm. Um I do know that he also uh likes to play mad farm uh and he plays specifically like the rog timna version of it uh oh okay and then uh he also has a primer for sithis and if we're seeing on the database yeah and so if we're seeing like comfort picks sithis is one that i could see going there too Um, i could see sithis wheeling really easily into a later round i agree yeah, I, I I wonder if it might be strategically better to grab like a a known commodity as your first pick, and then I think Sithis gets to round yeah. two. Yeah, or you, you know, uh, traditionally Selesnia is not a dominating no. color in CEDH. <laughs> you had green white Sisay that was very good when Paradox Engine was legal yep. and has fallen off some. You've had Sithis and Siona as the only other decks really doing it, other than uh Katilda more recently. Uh so yeah, I I think there's a really good chance that that, that all the Selesnia decks go pretty late in the draft. Right. I, I'm really interested in seeing that Yasharn stacks deck go. Yeah. I know that there are definitely Yasharn players and Yasharn is I mean, it's it's one of those stacks pieces where like your fetches don't yeah. work and your dockside treasures don't yeah. work and Everything is bad, and you just kind of get punched to death by a pig yep. for a half hour. But yeah, I could see that. I could see that as one of the stacks decks going. So, so here's mm-hmm. my question then for you, Chris. As we look down, as I know you've spoken with Jim, mm-hmm. where is Jim's headspace at with us? Because we know he is. This is brand new time in there, and we know Jim is kind of like on the f- tends to play like fringier established decks if that makes sense yeah absolutely and i reached out to jim to get his thoughts on the draft and where his head was at uh and uh he's he's eyeing some of the decks that he's got reps with unsurprisingly a lot mm-hmm. of people are uh but one of the names that he dropped is winota stacks uh yeah. and if winota stacks doesn't go by 12th pick i see jim snapping it up that would yeah. be a really good. And it was it was interesting because remember last year, famously in uh, Ian's video of the draft, he was shocked <laughs> when it went in the first round because he thought he thought he was going to have that just in his belt. Um, 
Yeah, I think he called Braden a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's so that's really interesting. And to kind of contrast from last year, how people's opinions of certain things have changed when we get to Adam Silverboy here, um, Adam could go a variety of ways. I know he plays Jessica. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Jessica Ishai. Um, he also yep. he's a big Nath guy. Uh, yep. If I had to predict where he would go here, I think if it's available to him at 13th, I could see Jessica Ishai. Uh, going yeah. here at 13th because maybe Hepatra. Oh my Jessica gosh. Ishai, I <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't see Jessica Ishai going before that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there there's nobody that's, you know, champing at the bit for it. Well, Jessica Ishai is one of those decks that has a tremendous amount of hype behind it, due in no small part to the absolute. <laughs> Uh, degenerate memeing of the hermit druid on Twitter. It's another thing. It's another reason I expect to see Tim Nadargo go pretty early. Yeah, because there are definitely those people that uh love the hermit druid's decks for good reason, and I expect to see I expect to see both of those decks that are included in this year's draft class go fairly early. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so interesting. Proposition or question then, like an interesting hypothetical. Traditionally, we've kind of been like Tim Nathrasios, best partner pairing. You're always gonna, like those are always going to be like kind of thought of as the best CEDH decks and like more yeah people who aren't super into it, whatever. Um, where do you think realistically the first Thrasios Tim deck gets drafted? Where at by like by who in which one do you think it is? And I'll throw that answer first at Scoots. So the first Thrasios Timna deck is oh gosh, that's hard. <laughs> uh so Ashani has been playing a ton of yep. Hulk and Hermit in preparation. Uh so I if a deck drops as far, I, I think the first Thrasios Timna deck, oh gosh, this is so hard. Um, I would say as early as number seven and Deco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I would say probably Spleenface and or Sick Robot next. And then if it gets down to... Um, 25 pongo might take sacred druid the mm-hmm. the hermit druid sacred guide combo and then uh ashani so i would say earliest earliest number seven uh latest 26 is my interesting kind of rough estimation I, but i think that there's probably four spots it could go yeah and there's five Five Thrasios Timna decks. So, you know, Chris, when you look at that, is there any anything that jumps out to you as like of those five that you think is going to be the most appealing in where? Uh, well, I mean, we, we had already mentioned Razcat, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the kind of the the stigma behind that deck as well. Um, 
are people going to be looking for it? Are people going to be ready for it? Are people going to not pick it because it's got this uh, this reputation to it? Um, but, uh, oh God, I can still see it going early and uh, not not necessarily early in round one, but I can see it going in round one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's wild to me to think that uh, TNT deck could potentially go in round three, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is five of them. Yeah, right? there are five of them, and and I, you know, I know personally, having played a lot of games, that I've seen Razakats fall off like significantly mm-hmm. uh, compared to this time last year. Uh, I am the only one in my friend circle and like group of people still playing Razakats. Yeah, uh, I've seen. A lot of like hermit druid experimentation yep. so i could see that going earlier than cats mm-hmm. i could see some hulk builds going earlier than cats i know comedian has done a rule of law hulk build and ashani's doing breakfast hulk basically with mm-hmm. pattern yeah rector pattern stuff and uh so i could see that going early i could see uh cst uh so as a little bit of inside baseball i just did coverage for the playmax play edh playmax tournament and there were four thrasios and timna decks and three of them were cst variants so i could see cst happening early too before any other deck because it's just solid before any other thrasios timna deck because it's just solid mid-range gmt so uh honestly razakats might not be the bogeyman this year that it was last year and i could see it going into round two yeah easy. yeah that would be yeah quite the shock honestly um <laughs> it would be but and yeah j- just the the fact that any of these tnt decks could drop to like a third round pick uh is astounding it, it, it speaks to the diversity of the format mm-hmm. uh but again just the traditional thought traditionally thought of best partner pairing right going that late in the draft because people want to get their hands on the decks that they have the most reps with or they want to get their hands on meta decks in here as well the the fact that some of these generically good decks could go that late again it's up in the air so one interesting thing is i think these like the the people specifically who played in the playoff picks so we're looking pongo down and that's really where i'm i think there's Rebels already said she's rando drafting again. I told her <laughs> I told her, though, that if she's not there in person doing it, I'm picking her decks and they will not be fun. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that is just me telling her you have to be here rolling the dice yourself. <laughs> We're not having Cameron do it for you again. <laughs> um, but. You know, when we so outside of Rebel, because she could she could do anything. She might random pick. She might actually come in with a strategy. Um, who knows? She's got lists in in the uh, in the draft herself. Right? She's got several. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she could just go and pick her lists like that's a thing too. Famously, though, Sisay Gigantha I, did not make the, the, the five color lists. But. No, but the reality chip. I know is uh, Rebels list in the draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, I mean, if Jim doesn't pick it for the memes, 
Well, that's what I was going to say. It's 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 his it's his jellyfish child, jellyfish son. (laughs) Um, I love that that shirt exists, by the way. Yeah. Um, So when we get down into the we discussed Shawnee, Shawnee's been really high on Hulk. And I think that if like Breakfast Hulk or Rector Fit get down there, I think Shawnee would probably pick breakfast hulk before he picked rector fit because rector fit does make you have to play both rectors um because of the uh what is archetype restriction um yeah but once you so outside of that you know pongo might be able to go a lot of different ways based on how this is going i mean like what what do you think might end up happening for pongo here Yikes. I'll get it out of the way early. I Najila is not making it down. <laughs> yeah, down. absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll throw that out there. Najila doesn't if, get past if Deco. It, if it is if it is whispering, if there's whispers of it getting down that low, someone will hate draft it out from under Pongo. Uh but past that, uh I think um Pongo has a lot of experience, unlike Kenrith Stacks. Pongo has a lot of Thrasios and Timna experience. Mm-hmm. So I would I would look to see a Thrasios and Timna deck being taken by Pongo as pick one. Or if Pongo wanted to play a more meta deck, I honestly see one of the Grixis decks making that mm-hmm. making it that mm-hmm. low, whether Jaleva or Kess or Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I I'm Yeah, with there's you. I mean there's a ton of options. I mean, I could even see Icrom making it that low. Like green Grixis. I could I could even see he that. He did play Icrom last year. Um, last year so, exactly yeah, I, that's I'm thinking, not unreasonable um, yeah I think there's a shot it makes it that low yeah so. and these returning players again they're going to play decks that put up results for them last year and yeah. even if they're ones that they picked in later rounds last draft they're going to pick a lot earlier this round if they overperformed last year it'll be interesting to see if so in a world where somehow a note of stacks gets down to 25th I don't think it does <laughs> no uh, but I, I think Pongo would take Winota if it drops to him. Um, but I don't know that it does. One of the wild cards here is Charles, because we know Charles has the way he plays. Um, and so the question is, there's a lot of decks that he likes to play that are here. I know that Ow is his deck. I know that. Jesus, what else is there? There's Death and Taxes, Yoshimaru, Kelleth. There's Elish Norn, like you said. Uh, but I could also see him going with Shorakai, right? Like, there's a handful of ways that Charles could go. I don't think it's going to make it that deep. Shorakai? Yeah. I don't there's think There's two different Shorakai lists, though. There's Shiftlash and oh, there's there... Polyceptor. Oh, okay. See, I don't see, I don't see Polyceptor making it that no. low i i shorka has an insane amount of hype right exactly now. It's a, it's exactly a it makes me quite happy that can play scepter and humility and poly tyrant lines and just work, <laughs> which is kind of unheard of except maybe by like tevesh ishai mm-hmm. type decks so i think uh shorakai so it's so hyped right now because it just came out there's a ton of people playing it, and it uh, 
just had some pretty decent success in a recent tournament. So uh, I see short kite. Maybe both lists going in the first round before they get to Charles, at least yeah. one. I, I would say at at least the uh, the poly list. Yeah. The poly list, I know several people have their eyes on um, yeah. and is just like a very high deck for a lot of people. Interesting. Um, it, it, I, I think the Ow deck is a deck that only Charles will draft. But the thing is, is that is very dangerous because the Ow deck is quite strong. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's something that only Charles will draft because like traditionally Josh of Mind Muscle Magic mm-hmm. really enjoys playing these more off the beaten path, low color mm-hmm. decks that have like harder combos or no combos mm-hmm. to execute and and can kind of win like that. That's 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 kind of been a josh staple josh notable brina the demagogue player like so i i think there's a chance that some of this mono white stuff goes to players that aren't charles (laughs) absolutely well you know we have two mono we two of the mono white guys are playing this year so i I, would assume some amount of white decks do get played by one a non-charles player um (laughs) also now looking at LJ, LJ last year had the first pick. We were like, is he going to pick Edric? He didn't pick Edric. He picked Najila. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he's going to pick Edric again? Or do you think he it, he thinks it wheels back to him at 60 or like, the, like what? The, you know, LJ probably better than anybody here. So, I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on that? I think LJ will not first pick, will not, will not pick edric in the first round i don't think that there's too many other players who play edric in the current draft class i can can tell you there's one that's put it is there is there one named jim spike feeder jim (laughs) interesting yeah yeah yep so i mean if jim snags edric out from under lj i'm sure lj will play three other decks that play like edric Edric, (laughs) you know like uh Last year, uh, LJ described his draft picks as uh, varying color combinations yep. <laughs> of Edric, right? With Najila and Belvi and Edric, and I can't remember his uh, last what one. What was but, his fourth uh, deck? Hold on. I do have that pulled up. His fourth deck was uh, uh, Tassiger Neoform. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... I think LJ will be just fine if he doesn't get Edric, so I don't think he's going to prioritize getting yeah. Edric uh, as first pick. I think he'll probably try to take it second or third round if it gets mm-hmm. to him. Uh, but LJ is an absolute axe murderer of a CDH yes, player and and could could play like uh, Twilight Sparkle Hulk <laughs> in games against people. So Well, it, p- picking 28th each round, You've got to yeah. be very careful about hoping something wheels because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people yeah. picking before you. And that's to be said for all of our returning players here, right? Everybody who made it to the finals, everybody who made it to the Mox Bowl, uh, you've got to be very careful about kind of crossing your fingers and wishing on a star mm-hmm. that your deck yeah. wheels. But I think the other thing that you also have to do is like very much prioritize getting the best deck you can for the pick 
rather than a comfort pick when you're drafting that yeah. low in the deck. Mm-hmm. Or in the, in well, the draft and, and I think that's so, an interesting thing here because as we look at these last four, these were the four that made it to the Mox Bowl last year. So we have Hire, mm-hmm. Rebel, Cicada, and Ian. And all four of those are players that I feel like I could put any deck in their hands. Absolutely. And well, that, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like last year, Rebel random picked <laughs> and still made it to the Mox Bowl. Cicada picked just four decks that were kind of CEDH decks. And like, like he just picked, he just, he played Animar last year into the Mox Bowl. Like, <laughs> which Callahan, you and I went back and forth on on the pick uh, last year too yeah. when we analyzed the draft, right? Like, I, I, they're just they're just all killer players and it doesn't matter what deck that you hand them that i i would i would not doubt that all four players who appeared in the mox bowl last year will place into the playoffs and into the top eight and into like on and on and on they're great players and you you could not you cannot keep them out of the playoffs absolutely i I don't think it's well I, I mean think there there's a big portion of new players in mm-hmm. here as well and you know, how many of them are going to elbow some of these uh, yeah. well-known good players out of these very comfortable spots that they might uh, might be parking themselves in? Well, I think, uh, too, when you look at the conferences, so let's look at some of these new players. Um, and you really are going to see this impacted more in the coalition conference where obviously, so the North is going to be a hellscape for whoever has to play (laughs) in that division. Uh, For those of you who didn't watch last week, it is Ian Pongo, sick robot and spleen face. And they play four times. Uh, That is the, what I have called. I I think we need to rename that division from the North division to the team. The meat grinder conference. I was going to say the team turn three conference or division. Like, (laughs) there you go. There you go. But like all four of those are people where it's like, they're all going to get a chance to go first. They're all going to. So it's really like, I think we talked about this last week a little bit is for those four. Their out of division games are going to end up being huge for them because yeah. they're I, I, I could see each of them picking a win in division. Yeah, it's going to be they're going to be one. They're all of them are going to be one and three in their division. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking over and we, we talked about now, this is the division that I think has the most shake up is this South division where we have Claire, we have Killstars, we have Mana Dork, and we have Shawnee. And, you know, we know... Literally one returning player, Yeah, so there's only one... No, there's two returning Killstars. Oh, Killstars, but Killstars... didn't get to draft last year, so Killstars will... We'll actually get to see him draft this year, which is really neat for him. Yeah, which is Um, exciting. So that division... You know, that's going to get shook up. The real thing, though, is the East, where now Rebel has Cobblepot. Rebel and Kai have Cobblepot in that division. And and they've so we've effectively replaced Charles with Cobblepot. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Cobblepot is one of those players who, when he does play in tournaments, tends to finish quite highly uh yeah he, he's absolutely no slouch 
the other interesting thing is when you consider what decks are gonna they're gonna be drafting. Cobblepot also tends to play stacksier decks. I think is fair to say, like <laughs> kind of. I I think so. I mean, uh, fairer magic is Cobblepot's like uh, love letter to uh, slow games, <laughs> but um. Uh, uh, certainly something he's notable for, but I think also Cobblepot just plays strong mid-range mm-hmm. decks, right? Uh, uh, that's a lot of what I noticed, especially if you look at, at, at decks that he's played like Thras- like Thrasios Clark and, and Teamer Pirates and mm-hmm. decks like that. Excuse me, I just wanted to say it's now called Tropical Malcolm. <laughs> Sorry, Zane, oh if you're gosh. listening. I know it's not Teamer Pirates anymore because there's only three pirates. Yeah. I've always it's, just it's called it Tropical Teamer Malcolm. Malcolm. But yep. it's tropical Malcolm well, now. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think I would look to see Cobblepot just draft basically a, a bunch of mid range decks. If it just seems on brand. Yeah. Lots of lots of decks with with political bargaining chips and and in chances for him to. One of the one of the great things about Cobblepot playing with Cobblepot, as as you well know, is his his. Uh, just his ability to get what he wants by opening his mouth. Like he just, just be just like, Hey, you should do this. And someone goes, why should I do that? And he'll be like reason. And then they're like, Oh, okay, sure. I'll do it. So, so whatever you want, here's an interesting question about a strategy like that. Drafting all mid range decks is you are playing in your division four times. And if somebody knows that all four decks you're bringing to the table are mid range decks, Again, yeah. what's the meta call there if you know that at least one of your opponents is bringing nothing but mid-range decks? It's it's one of those things where I think people can say that like, oh, mid-range is bad into turbo but good into stacks or whatever, but the variability of four different players at the table, it would have to be a fairly concerted effort by the rest of the table to hose the person who drafted four mid-range decks and be like, oh, let's all four play our turbo decks every time we play against this person. That uh, You're not going to see it. And I honestly think that what's going to happen is that if people will behind the scenes say, let's all let's all play our turbo decks against the mid-range player. And then two of them are going to play stacks. To the turbo <laughs> right. You get the because wrong paper scissors. That's just how it works yeah. out. That's how it worked out last year. That's how it works out in tournaments. People position themselves and yeah. I mean, when you've got a juggernaut like Cobble in your division, you you got to think that the the players are on their toes about knowing, yeah. you know, pet decks, knowing pet archetypes uh, and making medicals like that. It's not just what deck are you most comfortable with, but what's going to work against the players in your division. So what decks do we kind of suspect Hire will be going after? Um, I know he drafted, you know, Silvala last year. He took it to the playoffs. I doubt he takes Silvala first round. But, you know, what are the type of things that you think he might be going after? I don't think Silvala will make it to Hire in first round. Hire will try to steal Kinnon if Hire can. Mm. Uh, Hire's played a ton of like a mid range of your build of Kinnon that still plays the mirror lines, but also plays void winner. And I think that's within kind of the restrictions yeah, of yeah. the 
the whole thing. So he'll he'll try to play like a mid rangey Kinnon. Uh, if uh, like five color evolution Kenrith evolution gets to him, that's a that's a higher deck. Uh, but the the thing is that I think higher has been kind of trying to diversify the decks that he's playing lately and the angles that he's been taking on decks. And I I think he is a very adaptive player, so we'll just take whatever comes to mm-hmm. him. Uh, I don't know that... I think Hyrie definitely has picks that he'd like to take as one and two. I think that's going to be Kinnon and Kenrith Evolution, but I think that Hyrie will absolutely destroy on whatever deck falls to him. It's just he's a very adaptive player. Uh, outside of Kenrith Evolution, maybe uh, like a, one of the four-color lists, like I could see Hyrie taking something like like Wild Pile or Foresee Omnath or Advantage Thrasios. So you think Sage would pass Dawn on Waker? four color? Yeah, I, I was going to say Sage is not like, I think Sage is going to... Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. true. I think Sage is probably going to, 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 to pick one Omnath, but if Sage does not pick one Omnath, and Sage might... might here's the thing, Sage might pick one Valky. That's also true. That, that's true, but also I don't see Valky... Big A and picked by anybody else round one. Yeah. So that could be a safe I, I, wheel. I wonder, I'm wondering if people are going to, like like we said earlier, I think people might comfort draft in round one. So I think you might see Sage take Valky round one. I know Sage loves mm-hmm. Valky. Uh, and they I were think, very excited um, when they uh, saw it was in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. spoke with Sage as well just to get their opinions on it. And I, I know that they're, they're very much going with their comfort zone. So, yeah interesting uh yeah but i yeah omnath is probably not safe but uh i i would look to see higher play four or five color decks pr- provided kinnon and kenrith don't either kinnon or kenrith don't get yeah. out to so here as we wrap things up i know that you know there's a ton of lists that are uh on here but uh, what are some of your sleeper picks of decks that people might not be thinking of are great right off the bat, but maybe should be thinking about and might end up in like the third or fourth round? And Chris, I, I'll toss this one over to you. Some of the decks that really caught your eye. So, I mean, we, we talked about this when the list of decks was revealed, but I love the emphasis on some new commanders mm-hmm. in here and new legends, decks that weren't possible during last year's uh during last year's season mm-hmm. uh i i love the grease fang list uh Me too. big big fan of it uh i i think that uh that that's a spicy one that i'd love to see and i don't know how highly it's going to go because again newer lists mean people have had less reps with them as well so mm-hmm. people are going to fall into their comfort zone and let some of these newer things wheel a little bit but I'm still really excited. Uh, like I said, uh, Yasharn stacks as well. Uh, like, yeah, there, there, there are some spicy lists. And I, I am a huge fan of like really fringe decks like Zata Storm too. Uh, and uh, like, I know that they're not going to go highly, but whoever gets them is just going to have a blast. Well, that's what a Timmy's some of these decks, decks, right? Like I could see Timmy yeah, taking that. Timmy loves Zata for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I said this last year too. Orvar, I'm a, a massive fan of Orvar. It's one of the decks that I play. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how early it's going to go, but it's it's a deck that I always love seeing pop off too. So I like I want to see some some players get their hands on some of the newer lists 
in here some of the newer commanders uh, and see what they can do in these environments. Like the the Toxril list, Toxril control. I want to see how it stacks up against some of these lists. That's, for sure. That's another thing not to, you know, start a new topic as we're wrapping up. But this is we talked about decks that have a lot of hype and Toxril is one of those decks that has a lot of that hype behind it. I just need to interject yeah. real quick. Hashtag slug cult. Thank you. I mean, Look, all right, all right. Can, you. can I can I throw up the the rat gangs for the the grease fangs? Oh yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely, absolutely. Of course. I'm big. I'm I'm a big fan of the grease fang list. I I know death mm. plays a grease fang list, so I could see death taking it like in some round if Jim doesn't take it. Um, those are the two players that I would see playing grease fang. Um, yeah. I I but but. Toxroll scoots. That's your your slug fam, right? Your your slug baby. That is, that is yeah. Where sure. where do you foresee that going? It's hard. It's hard to say, right? Because here's here's the scenario that I see with Toxroll. Last year, as my fourth pick, I drafted uh, Edgar Markov Razakats, and then was able to pick up off the waiver wire Kells Demir yeah. Scepter. Toxreal occupies a similar place in the draft pantheon for me <laughs> as Kells Demir Scepter. It is, I think it is just a better version of Kells, honestly. The bomb in the command zone makes it better Kells to me. So I could see Toxreal falling very far mm-hmm. down before anyone picks it up. And I do not see many Toxreal players in the in the list, right, of, of players. However, the thing that could seriously propel Toxreal higher up is if people look at their divisions and the decks that their division rivals are mm-hmm. playing, and if they're creature-heavy, like if Selvala is into your division and you want the pick that makes elves just terrible to play... <laughs> You could definitely take Toxrel for that. Right. It's like it's Toxrel or Hepatra, right? I mean, like yeah. those are the meta calls on that kind of stuff. And we so, saw Hepatra do well last year, too. Right, right. And we were kind of shocked how early Hepatra went. I think Hepatra went like round, like late round two, early round three, something like that last mm-hmm. year. And uh, Phoenix was like letting it. chat draft for him. He picked it fourth. <laughs> Hepatra did. Okay. So Hepatra went 104. But gotcha, we saw like gotcha. Zer drop all the way down to the third mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. Like, do, does anybody have eyes on Zer this year, do you think? Yes. I think uh, Helenium might want Zer. I think uh, Kai might want Zer. I think. Ian mm-hmm. comedian might look at Zer as like a like a dark horse pick. I mean, you are in Esper. How bad can right. it be? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll well, be interesting. So, uh, that that's one of the questions here with the diversity in the color pairings and the commanders here. Are we seeing any of the color pairings uh, fall behind because there's fewer of them, or there's better picks in? more colors are we seeing some of the uh the decks with running fewer colors the the one and the two color decks be last picks or not picked based on the uh the volume of three color four color five color decks we have 
to look to see the Gruul decks and the Boros decks taking a serious hit outside of maybe one or two decks in those categories. Uh, Rurikthar from Gruul and Winota from Boros, I think, are the two that people think about when they think of CEDH decks and those colors. And I think we could see Orzov take hits into the late rounds. I think there's a couple decks in that list that play Timna, which is three of them. probably <laughs> things that, yeah, and, and Cal, which is the, things the, that the people Timna Arden will list consider, might not but... get picked highly. Just want to <laughs> set your oh, expectation I, there. I just want to prepare you for that. Yeah. I, 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 I expect Arden, uh, Arden Crom though, to go to, to Sliver Boy. Probably yeah. in like the second round, realistically, because I could see I, I could see Adam if he gets the opportunity to play Jessica Ishai and then wheel around and then get to play Arden Krom because he already plays like a Jessica Ishai version of Arden Krom. Um, so mm. I could see him very quickly going, OK, here's Jessica Tempo. Here's Arden Krom. I have two decks that I'm very comfortable with. And then go from there, because sure, yeah. like, you know, the the Golgari decks that are in the field, like Lathril, like I, I could see Lathril going very late to him. And mm -hmm. that's a very Nath-esque type of deck, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of the, the two color pairings and I'm thinking like, yeah, there's probably going to be a handful of these that are left over at the end in favor of the the three and the four color pairings yeah. that we have. I mean, there's uh, going to be 27 decks that are going to be undrafted. Um, yeah. yeah. So there will be undoubtedly decks that do not get picked. Um, I just want to say, though, to contestants, I am offering a cash reward if you win a game on Kodama Tago. <laughs> so I will Venmo you so, $5. So I, I was going to talk about... Uh, Kodama Tago because uh, <laughs> I am a huge fan of the Kodama Vile Smasher build that's basically mm -hmm. Kodama Tago with extra steps uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I know for a fact that uh, that Jim has played it as well so I mean like I, I could see that like a very late pick because he does have reps with it so. I know three people in the MLC chat and I can't remember who but I remember when they saw the list or the the draft class were very excited that Kodama Tago was on there. Hell yes, <laughs> three Hell people yes. were quite excited. So uh, that is well, I'm quite excited. <laughs> obviously, in, in all fairness, we had to fill out Gruel, and there's oh yeah, there's, there's only, only so, so many. many times that you can put in like Snoop this, Snoop that before you're like, okay, we need something else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know. Kind of when we look at uh, going back to the dark horse picks, um, you know, Scoots, what are your kind of what's on your radar as picks that uh, you don't or you think will surprise people with how well they do? So for me, I'm looking at uh, number one, baby blue farm for C. Mm -hmm. Lewis. Uh, I think that that is going to go later in the draft, and I think people are going to be blown away by how consistent it is. And you know, it's it's four colors, so I, obviously it's just a bunch of good cards. My hot take is, but, is it is a better turbo deck than Blue Farm is, or it is better at being a well, Nas deck a, than Blue Farm is. But but it is it is 
I think a worse deck. I would than agree Blue with Farm, that. but better at being a turbo yeah, Nas deck. It's, than Blue it's Farm. much better at being a um, turbo Nas deck than Blue Farm is, which is how people tend to play Blue Farm. And Blue Farm is much yeah. better at being just like a mid range ad Nas deck. Yeah. I think that there is a very good chance that we see Malcolm Timna go very late, and that is a very good deck. That makes a ton of mana and cracks Doom. Now, are, and cracks are you talking Doomsday Esper piles. Farm or are you talking Esper Doomsday? Because we did separate those. Esper okay. Doomsday specifically. Uh, I think we're going to see that go a little late. And I think it is a very good deck. I think it's one of those decks that is like Xur that people think is maybe better and one more color mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. thing. So that I think that's going to influence people's picks a little bit. Uh, and then the other deck that I am super, super, super high on is Jund Dargo. I think that that deck is going to, again, go late, but it is just incredibly, it is has a potential to be incredibly fast. It's so explosive. Uh, it plays yep. all the best cards in Jund, and it has a 7-5 in the command zone if worse comes yeah. to worse. <laughs> like, I, I think that deck is going to also do very well should it get drafted. I'm- I'm curious if Ken might draft that because I know he really liked playing Jund Jessica last year mm. um, and he had mm. good success with Jund Jessica. So it'll be interesting to see because because we've kind of established Ken is not getting his his meatball baby. Probably um, not getting Clark. So, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to now see where Ken goes with that. Um, and, you know, we do have a whole tournament in between now and the draft. So that'll be <laughs> Uh, you know, we do have Marchessa. So in, in that, in, in, so the closing thought, I, I guess would be, do we think Marchessa and how Marchessa plays out will have an influence on the way people draft? I think so. Personally, I, I think that, that people are going to definitely take note of some of the top performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I think it's going to inform the meta as mm-hmm. well like it's yeah it's definitely one that people are going to take cues from mm-hmm. it, whether they're watching the tapes or not whether they're dissecting things yeah it's one that people are gonna take cues from mm-hmm. without a doubt i f- i also feel like there's a fair amount of people attending the marchesa event and bringing a deck that they intend to test for the purposes of playing in the mlc I know that to be the case with at least that a makes few me people. super proud so, that I have a thing that's worthy of that. <laughs> that Marchessa is the testing ground yeah. for that. I, I think that. So I think that we're going to see the recent Playmax tournament and Marchessa influence the picks that people mm-hmm. make in the MLC. Absolutely, I, I, there's no way that they right. couldn't. Right? Like you're looking for 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 data for representative mm-hmm. data and what better place to get it than at a gathering of CEDH right. players. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be more representative than uh, some of the other uh, metas and uh, testing grounds that we've got to compare against considering that actual players in the MLC are going to be playing in Marchesa. I think it's going to be. Yeah. And there yeah. is, there's a lot of them. We know like Spleenface and sick robot are be, going to be there. Ian rebel hot. I believe hire is going to be there. Um, Hellenium, Hellenium Kai, Kai. Um, I'll I'll be there. Uh, Michael will be there. You know, there's it's 
it is a big, a, a lot of the people playing in this. Josh was going to be there too. I forgot about that. Um, you know, Josh is going to be there. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out um, and to see it, how that influences the draft um, on what, how people end up deciding uh, that because yeah. it is, it's exa- I, it's a week after Marchessa. So yeah. like, yeah. Note down what people are playing in Marchesa. Yeah. Because you'll probably see it in their picks for the MLC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate both of you uh, coming by and uh, breaking down the draft. We are going to be taking this week off uh, this next coming week because of Marchesa. I am going like I said, I'm going to be there, I believe, Almost all of the Sculpty boys are going to be there. I think you aren't there. Uh, Scoots, Cobblepot's not going to be there. Uh, Sage won't be there. And then Max won't be there. And those are the only four who won't be at Marchessa. And the rest of us are going to be there. Uh, so if you want to come say hi and get a game in with us, I'm not even playing in the tournament. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just there for the yeah. for the fun. Uh if you want to come and get a game, come and say hi. Um, Phoenix and I will be hanging out and playing games and uh, willing to talk about people. But like I said, um, there won't be a podcast episode uh, next Monday. The Monday after, I am hoping that our uh, draft recording session will be our episode for that day. Um so we'll see how that goes. Um, I might, you know, we'll, I'm trying to work a couple things out to have a, a good, uh, you know, podcast episode for that. But we'll have some sort of draft recap in some form or another uh, for you uh, the Monday after. But from here on out, it's MLC coverage on the, on the Mind Sculptors, baby. It's. it's unfortunately once like march hits it's like from march till april the mlc is just such a big undertaking that it just it takes up so much of my time and uh you know and i've tried to make it easier on the players so you guys don't have to put aside your entire summer but (laughs) uh but with that being said Uh, That about wraps things up for us here today. Uh, If you want to find out anything about the MLC, I will remind you, go follow the MLC on Twitter at MLC underscore league. That is going to be the best place to get more info information about the league. Uh, as well as our videos. Um, if you also want more information, we'll be sharing that on the Sculpty Boys Twitter as well. So you can follow us there at Sculpty Boys, or there's a direct link to it in our link tree in the description below. Uh, want to give a special shout out to a few of our patrons, Justin, CZ, David Snavely, Dionichis, Jason Bialik, Matt Boehner, and Senior Coupon. Those are some of our top tier patrons. Want to also uh, say that if you want to uh, come on to the show, uh, we do have a patron level now for two people that if uh, you sign up for it, we're going to do a quarterly uh, like uh, patron episode if people subscribe to it. So if you want to subscribe to that patron tier, uh, 
in in talk magic with us, that is an option for you. Uh, so we can organize those sorts of things. So, like I said, if you want to support us, you want to be on the show, go down to Patreon. That is a great way to help not only support the MLC, but help support the Mind Sculptors. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and thank you for uh, joining us uh, both today and from all of us here at the Mind Sculptors. I'm Callahan, and we'll see you next time. I'm in line with the stars, I'm in sync with the earth. Ten toes deep, flower child from the turf. I never switch sides, like even when I die, I'm a ride for the squad, let ties in the hearse. I've been on a vibe kind of hard to describe. I'm in between, I'm good and it's fine, but I'm tired of the grind. Then I come alive in the night to realize I'm in the middle with a time of my life. I'm never so packed for the stack, never lied on the back, got a bag from the way that I write it. Queen looking Tyson, do that ass a vibe, do an 80 to the house, then I hit it to the sky, change haters on a tyrant.